Crashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh, or the fields we go, laughing all the way. What's up and welcome to Mostly Film, your one-stop chaotic shop for all things in the world of cinema. I'm one of your hosts, Jonathan McQuarter, joined by my beautiful co-host, J.P. Payton. What's up? Dang. That was, was almost, there was no way that was happening. That was, was, that, was, that went way too long. It did. Way too uh, long. I didn't know I was going to continue to sing the thing. I, I could just, tell. Did I actually start singing Jingle Bells or was I singing Deck the Halls? No, I was singing no, Jingle Bells singing the whole time. Yeah. yeah uh, anyway, so we're back uh, and... Uh, it's Christmas time. It's Christmas time. It's now. December. <laughs> it's December. Uh, so, you know, for this week, we're going to break down The Holdovers, which is a Christmas film, uh, and May, December, which is not a Christmas film, but, but it has December in the title. Yeah. And it's new. Seems appropriate. It does seem appropriate. And we're also going to map out where we only have two episodes. Well, there'll be more episodes, but we only have two weeks of recording. So two weeks to watch Christmas movies uh, to discuss them on the pod. So uh, we have a minimum of five mandatory watches for the next two weeks. And then a litany of some optional watches that I think are yeah. good suggestions that if we have extra time, cause Christmas movies are typically shorter, um, that we're going to try to watch in. I could see myself just absolutely marathoning through some Christmas films. Cause I love Christmas movies. Yeah. Um, and just having like 500 movies to discuss, but we'll see. Yeah. You, you have that ability. I do not. You do. Um, some some weeks you surprise me. You have like fourteen movies you watch. Yeah, but those are like movies that I want to watch. But Caitlin likes Christmas movies too, so that's a plus for you. Yeah, but I love my wife. Watching movies with her is sometimes not the easiest thing in but the it's world. Christmas movies, Christmas movies are easy to watch. I I don't enjoy that type of stuff. Christmas? I mean, I guess I don't I don't enjoy I don't enjoy the habit like the habitual like ritualistic like let's gather around the the TV and watch whatever there are a handful of movies but they're not even in my mind considered christmas classics i know i'm weird i get it stank i don't i don't think my family loved each other growing up we didn't do this type of stuff (laughs) (laughs) we we didn't do that type of stuff sure um so we're gonna discuss mapping out our next couple weeks of christmas films um and then but first, let's jump into um, our movies that we watched that we're going to discuss. Yeah. So let's start. Let's start with. Uh, let's start with May December. Really? Yeah, and then go into the holdovers because okay. a I yeah, have no, I, I think I have a little less to say about it. Plus, also it's Christmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lead into the Christmas. So yeah. Um. So let's talk about Todd Haynes' new movie, May December. Uh, it's on Netflix. Uh, it's also in theaters right now, limited run, but it's also Netflix. Um, it showed at all the film festivals earlier this year. Uh, it's got a 4.0 sitting on Letterboxd. Uh, it's the new, like I said, Todd Haynes film uh, directed as uh, starring Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore and Charles Melton. Uh, the, the brief synopsis uh, of the film that we'll actually deep dive it is 20 years after their notorious tabloid romance gripped the nation, a married couple buckles under the pressure when an actress arrives to do research for a film about their past. Um Pretty good synopsis for what it is because it's a pretty straightforward plot that is just absolutely unraveled subtly as it goes on. Yeah. Um, you know, the film is about... Um, so Natalie Portman is the actress and she is sent to research a role uh, for the film. Uh, she's sent to 
shadow, basically Julianne Moore. Um, who's Aaron in this film? Aaron is Aaron the son? No, like when you go to the cast of May December, the second bill is Chris Tenzis as Aaron, and he only has ever been in one film, May December. I don't remember this dude at all. Hold on, hold on. Sorry, I'm having like a moment right now. Look, I don't remember this dude at all. Uh, he was... Shoot. I know. Is he the director? No. That would be Todd Haynes. Um, oh, you mean the director of the... Yeah. I don't know. Why would he be billed over Julianne Moore and Charles Melton? I don't know. Who who can know anything? I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, sorry. That was a side tangent because I just caught that and that just kind of seems strikes me as odd. Uh, so anyway, yeah. So Natalie Portman gets sent, um, which her character's name is Elizabeth. Elizabeth. She gets sent to go shadow Gracie, Julianne Moore's character, and uh, Joe Yu, Charles Melton's character. They are the two. Uh, Joe and uh, Gracie are the subject of the tabloid romance that gripped the world 30 years prior or whatever. Yeah. Um, and the scandal was Julianne Moore was a 37 year old woman who had an affair with a seventh grade boy. Um, in 12 the back years of, old. Yeah. In the back of a pet shop. Uh, yeah. They got it on. Um, yeah. And according to her, she seduced him, which that doesn't, does not matter. According to who? Her. She said, sed- he seduced her. He seduced yeah, yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. He seduced her. And, um, you know, he, that's it doesn't really explore that heavily at the beginning yeah. but that's you get that's the crux of it you understand that from the beginning yeah. so there's they're making a biopic kind of movie about it they're going to talk about it, and, uh, natalie portman's character is there to uh to watch mannerisms to learn to watch the dynamic of the family because they have uh julianne moore's character gracie has was married during all this she had an affair with her husband with the seventh grader um and they had kids together um uh, the prior to the seventh grade affair so, you know, Elizabeth, Natalie Portman's character is there to observe all the family dynamics on both sides because her and uh, Joe Yu, uh, Charles Melton, uh, they they have kids together as well. They're graduating high yes. school, ready to go to college. They have a college age uh, daughter and mm-hmm. two twins that are graduating. Yes. So there's just a lot going on right now. Yeah. Um, and Elizabeth is there to shadow and learn, but mm-hmm. also cause havoc. Uh, so she does all these interviews with the ex-husband. She does interviews with some of the townspeople with the, her original son, like with her husband, her first husband. Yeah. Um, she does interviews with uh, the her twins, uh, like both sides, both sets of kids, um, trying to just kind of figure out fully what everybody, it feels very quickly out the gate that she's not really researching a role. It's like she's just, you know, she has her opinions on what happened and she's like trying to dissect, tear it apart and cause have wreak havoc on Gracie is how it comes across a little bit. Uh, but Elizabeth Natalie Portman's character does it all through a pool. Like I'm just researching a role. I'm just researching a role. Really? That's all I, that's, that's, kinda, that's how you feel a little bit. Okay. Uh, but we'll, I'll, we'll fully break down all yeah, that. Later. Yeah. So, um, as the film goes on, and Elizabeth Portman is learning all about Gracie, uh, Julianne Moore. She starts to look like her. She does her makeup like her. She talks like her. Her mannerisms are like her. She's spending more time with Joe. 
her husband, um, which Joe is becoming a little bit infatuated with Elizabeth uh, to the point that they bump uglies and uh, he pulls a Nick Cage and come farts in two seconds. And, you know, she basically says that's a grown up thing. People do it and he gets upset and he leaves. Um, well, yeah. Fill, okay. fill, fill in some gaps for me, if you will, because I, I, I always <laughs> jump to big plot points. Yeah. So Charles Milton is obviously like very socially awkward. Yeah. Obviously stunted. Um, just socially, emotionally, emotionally, emotionally yeah. socially, um, just really not awkward. physically though. He just awkward dude. Um, he is infatuated with these monarch butterflies. Um, who you know he basically goes and explaining that they're they're just they're borderline extinct. Um, they're endangered or whatever. So he's he saves them. Whatever. Um, we find out that through a Facebook group where these people, whatever he's connected with this, we guess is this Girl, woman. Yeah. Um, and he just, you can tell that he, he is trying to test the waters as far as like, is this person interested in me or not? And yeah. it's, it's very flirtatious. Um, which it, all but, this coming to the head is his kids are going to be out of the house. But he, he, yeah. Yeah. With all of this change, um, in his home life, um, Joe the whole time is questioning his own place in this world. Yep. Um, and he's always confronted with the fact that his whole childhood has been stolen from him. Yeah. Cause not only when she had this affair, he dropped out of school. Right? Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. So he's seventh grade and he's done. But no, that's not true. I thought they said he dropped out. Like he forced her to leave school or something. Well, that would be, I mean, he's a, he's a x-ray tech. Yeah, true. You need but some th- form of education. For some reason, I thought they made a comment that he dropped out. I don't. I don't remember that fully. Um, I'm. You're right because he is an X-ray tech, so he he has some form of education. But you know, it wasn't like public school education. Like it. Yeah, because he would have had to like. Yeah, to 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 live through that and whole thing. Um. But yeah, you were talking about how Joe basically sleeps with uh, Elizabeth and. You know, Elizabeth is is using it for the sake of let me get under the skin of Gracie and yep. and just get a, f- a feel for this. Because as great as longer the longer Elizabeth is there, Gracie's becoming more and more perturbed yeah, with her yeah. digging in, digging up past wounds. She literally thought she was just going to be there to spend time with Gracie and you know research her for the role. Yes, but to to research Gracie. As a person, yeah, you you find out that you know Elizabeth has to get the whole picture, like past because Gracie before the affair had another life, mm-hmm. had a, had a husband, had kids, Two, three kids, right? Had Two, three, yeah. yeah, had three kids. One son is was we find out was a childhood friend of Joe, yeah. Um, and so that whole dynamic is weird. There's this whole dinner scene before graduation, very awkward, uh, where the old family runs into them while they're all uh, having dinner and Gracie's real formal with them, gives them a hug, asks them how they're doing. Like she obviously has some form of connection with them. Yeah. Everybody on, on the other side. Except for under, the husband. Yeah. The the ex-husband has like an affinity still for her. Seems like a little bit. Well, and the, like ki- even when and they the interview kids her. kind of do. They, they yeah, know well, she's, they, spec- know, they know she's weird. They know that there's something wrong with her. Less the daughter, more the brother. Yeah. 
Yeah, Georgie, I, I guess was his name. Yeah, George. You, Georgie, there's a pivotal point at the end. You just kind of don't know where Which, he actually. I thought that was uh, Daniel Tosh when I what? first saw him. It really? looked like Daniel Tosh. I thought it was the guy from uh, Twilight, the va- blonde-headed vampire. No, dude, dude, look, you cannot. You can tell me that doesn't look like Daniel Tosh. I don't really think it looks that much like Daniel Tosh. Do you know he has a podcast now? No. Yeah. Is it good? I mean, it, it feels like kind Tosh of that Tosh.0 feel. Oh. He interviews people and asks really, really random and inappropriate questions. So we should be famous then. <laughs> uh, Tosh would meet his match with me. I, yeah, probably. Um, so, so towards the end, though, um, everything kind of culminates with this graduation. And it comes to a point where Georgie has revealed some things about Gracie that she was raped by her brothers. Yes. As a kid. And, and then Elizabeth's like, that oh, makes so much oh, sense. The trauma, why she slept with a seventh grader puts it all. Yeah. She's putting the pieces together. Why she's still, cause Gracie as an adult, he, obviously we talk about, uh, John, Joe, Charles Melton's character being stunted, uh, emotionally, mentally kind of by the whole, you know, yeah. The grooming and the, what presumably not rape but molestation i guess ultimately yeah because that's what that would be um if that was true about julianne moore's character that she was as a young girl (laughs) molested and raped by her brothers she she could be having the same thing because she acts very immature a lot of the times emotionally she's emotionally fragile earlier in the movie whenever elizabeth is trying to understand gracie Gracie even makes note of like, oh, I'm just such a naive person. Yeah. And, but it, at that time, she's she's saying it in a way that's like, oh, I'm just like, it's kind of like tongue in cheek. I'm so naive. Yeah. Like, I'm I, I can I can put this front on yeah. and and make you believe I'm naive. Yeah. Um, which I think is the whole. This was a game of chess that nobody knew oh, they were playing. It, exactly. And I don't think that. Gracie knew what Elizabeth was doing the whole time, and I don't think Elizabeth knew what Gracie was doing the whole time. I, I think Gracie figured it out before Elizabeth. I did. think Gracie the the points where we see Gracie crack, it is solely because she's trying to gain back control. Yeah, I don't think it's because she's falling under the pressure. Right, I think it's a tool that she uses. Yeah, um, but it is this is one hundred percent. You like if you come into a Todd Haynes movie, you come into this this type of a story with no experience, like no idea what to expect. If I just told you, hey, you got Julianne Moore, Natalie Portman in a movie and hey, you get even get the dude from Riverdale. Yeah. Doing this, this Reggie, this story based off a real story like you would think, okay, it's gonna be really practical and it opens up the way it does with this high intense score. Julianne Moore. um slow pan into you know this this fridge he says we're out of hot dogs and it's yep. like music drops like yep immediately you're thinking what the heck am i watching and you know elizabeth is so let's talk about elizabeth this is an actress yes who has we don't not, know she has not had the most success Yes, yeah, so we played, don't know her pedigree fully. Well, she's a TV actress. Yep. Her pedigree is she comes from a well-educated family. Yes, because when she steps into 
Gracie's daughter's drama class. Yeah. She's a Juilliard accomplished actress. Yes. And and so she so she's basically in her in her own eyes, she has all this potential. Yeah. She is someone that takes things to the extreme. Um in shadowing this uh this woman, you know, she's put well, yeah. And I think that's part of um, you know, hearing some other takes on this movie, like that that is kind of one of the that's one of the points that this movie is trying to address is is because we live in the we live in the day of bio bio biopics. Um yep. and you know, whether it's Ted Bundy, whether it's uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, whether it's um, shoot, I don't, I can't think of any other, you know, serial killers. Not, yeah, I mean serial killers, but just like these stories that involve the families, because the the big crux with all these stories is how it affects the family. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeffrey Dahmer's story that that when that came out, that it was Peter, uh, what's his name? Griffin. No. Um, That's family, yeah. Anyways, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer's uh, family had come out and basically, um, you know, just kind of pushed back on like how those, how those, or it was one of the victims or whatever. Charles Manson's family did the same thing. Yeah. And it's just like, we, we, we're never fully um, aware of how this affects those that we're really trying to profit from. And so we see Elizabeth come into this family that is otherwise pretty normal. Like the dynamics, like the age dynamics a little bit weird, but the kids otherwise have a pretty normal life. They're going to go off to college. They have a weird family dynamic, but the kids don't seem to love the mom near as much as they do the dad. Yeah. Well, the kids feel sorry for the dad. Yeah. They all know the story. Um, They all know. Yeah. They all know the story. They see how they interact with one another. Yep. Um, You know, Joe is by all intents and purpose. Like he is, he's a great husband. Um, he, he seems like it, at least, um, he's caring. Um, he, he recognizes whenever Gracie is kind of having a moment and, and needs consulting and, and just, you know, is there for her. Um, and, uh, you know, he's not aware though, that that's just Gracie sinking her teeth deeper in him and, and just trying mm. to gain control. I feel like, um, but <sighs> Yeah, I just, Elizabeth, um, I, I was talking about, though, just like we were talking about her pedigree. Like, she's just this person that otherwise is trying to prove she has skill, I feel like. Yes. And in this situation. And, and it's un, and you're unsure if she does or not. Like, I, I, in my head, think I thought this lady's going to be like a Oscar actress. Yeah. Or she's just like terrible like i I, th- I think we find out pretty quickly though that this is someone that's trying to to make her break or uh, you know make a moment for herself she's otherwise been unsuccessful um, right because there, there's comments of like uh, oh yeah i saw her in this movie i heard that um you know she got naked in it or a joe um, his first before before Elizabeth comes over, it might have been after she came yeah. over for the cookout. She's what he's just watching commercial of her. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's at least you know a sultry, yeah, not a sultry, just kind of like a like a sex symbol, but not like uh, I, I a, didn't like get a that. Megan Fox. 
I didn't get that vibe though. See, I did not not like a Margot Robbie like who has the status but like a Megan Fox who like maybe has had some good movies where she was like she was decent but naked a few times but she was she's not an A list star by any means but maybe like a C yeah C list upper B list sometimes uh, yeah that that's kind of mentally when I was watching this movie I was thinking of her like a poor man's Megan Fox or something like that mm. she's been in some movies that got recognized she got naked a few times you know. Got to okay. showcase her stuff, and now she's trying to branch out and do something big. Yeah, that, um, that was kind of my thing. Okay, I, I, you know, I think overall it was just like seeing. I don't know. Um, I lost track of my thought. I think. Um, I don't know. What 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 do you think about which part? Um, what do you think about? the dynamic between Elizabeth and Gracie. Like, who do you think? I don't know. Yeah. What do you think about that? Well, it's hard to talk about the dynamic because you don't really, there's not much, you don't really understand they're at war till towards the end. You, there, there's tension. Yeah. But you don't really realize that they're both gunning for each other is not the right word. But you don't. I, you just don't realize they're in a chess match for the last 30, it, 40 minutes. This movie, I want to do a rewatch, and I wanted to do one before we did this. But Same. this, this, this uh, a lot of subtle intricacies in it. This felt like going back. I, you know, it's 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 a matter of who is going to who's the better actress. Yes, wholeheartedly. Um, yep, and for the first like half of the movie you think oh yeah elizabeth is actor you know gracie it's so obvious she's playing all these people whatever but you don't understand the extent that gracie has gone to like and you like you said like you've been to question like is this real or is she just traumatized um i felt like early yeah i felt like early on like my thought was oh yeah she's just playing this act yeah and she's just a psychopath type of thing and then that that brother fact kind of gets dropped and i kind of miss the the other dynamic because she mentions her brothers a lot that's why a lot that's why elizabeth is kind of you know puts credence to the crazy son yes like the son who tells her this is like psychotic yeah he's he's the one that basically had the mental break after everything came out about her mom and his mom which understandable yeah um so yeah it's just that that's the type of thing that would stick out to me the the first watch through the main thing that I just was enamored enamored by uh, was uh, Charles Melton's performance. Well, um, hang on, before we get to performances, okay. So the ending of this film, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so Elizabeth knows about the you know raping of her from her brothers. Yes, when she was younger, and when she's at graduation, she's like fully transformed into Gracie. Looks like her, talks like her, dresses like her. Um. And she was told not to go to the graduation. Don't want to see her anymore. Whatever. She goes to the graduation, uh, which Joe, the husband, is standing to the side, not even sitting with Gracie, because um, yeah. they had had this the night before graduation. This is a huge pivotal part of the story. To get to your point about Charles Melton's performances here in a minute, you know, this is after Elizabeth had slept with, well, you know, not slept with this is an exaggeration. Yeah. They'd had their you know five seconds in heaven uh, with. Elizabeth and Joe, he'd slept, stepped out on Gracie. Yeah. Um, Joe gets back and realizes after, because Elizabeth had talked to him about, hey, you were just a kid. You can leave whenever you want. Elizabeth has been like planting those yeah. seeds. 
and Joe reverts to like a childlike state that night. He gets back. He's sitting on the chair. He talks to Gracie. He's like, we need to talk about it. And she's like, we don't. She's basically like, there's nothing to talk about. We don't talk well, about it. He didn't revert to a child in. See, I thought he, he did. reverted to a child whenever he was pushed back on. Like the well, moment yeah, he, that in that I'm talking about that scene. Yes. He reverted back to childlike yeah. state because he starts off confident trying yeah. to talk to her about yes. it. And then the and she's defensive at first. And yeah. Joe seems like he's actually gonna have some power in this. Yeah. Then she immediately because he was basically like, Hey, I was a kid. Yeah. And you did this to me. Yeah. You he's like raped maybe, me. Maybe you did. Like what it like maybe I just my whole life is all. a lie. Yeah, yeah. You raped me. You've ruined my life. And then she's like no, That's you sed- you seduced me. Yeah, you came on to me, and she flipped it into him being her yeah. being the victim, and then he immediately just shuts down, and that's when he turns into like a seventh grader again. Yeah, that was doesn't know how to handle. Which we'll pin, put a pin in that and come back to that performance. Um, the next day is graduation. Joe doesn't sit with him. Um, Elizabeth isn't sitting with him either. Different side, and they have the standoff at the end, and. She's like, well, I hope you got everything you've know. Like Gracie tells Elizabeth, I hope you got everything you wanted. You've like ruined my life, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, um, oh, I did. And like, I, you know, knowing that your brother has raped you all makes sense now. And she goes, yeah. <laughs> uh, he, she goes, did my son tell you that? Uh, I told him to tell it. What was it? What, how did she? Basically, like she, he, he said, he told me, he told me that you said that. It's not true. Yeah. It was like, she just basically proving like I, you thought my son was on well, my side or on your side and he's yeah not, and, like, and really like you think that my family doesn't like me or you think that i put on this but like i talk to my son and she says i talk to my son every day i yeah. talk to all my kids yeah and and just just i don't know it's just a, the, the extent that she goes like we are watching elizabeth in this whole process um and and it's like what we, we watch her in the mirror. We watch her, you know, the head tilts, the crazy black swan moments. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of black swan and, in this movie. And you see, you see her at the, I thought the, um, uh, the dressing room scene, absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, but we see Elizabeth going like to all with these. With her daughter in the arms. Yeah. 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 We, we see Elizabeth going to all these lengths to. I you said all these. Yeah. Like, all all the of these scene. lengths to get an understanding in how to portray Elizabeth. And time and time again we are just kind of shown all the like the true extents that elizabeth has gone or gracie yep. has gone um to to just basically trick everybody um mm-hmm. we have this moment you know with uh joe he has this attachment to, to monarch butterflies and it's kind of symbolic kind of is very on the nose of like his transformation yep um you could say elizabeth is the caterpillar trying to transform into his butterfly of gracie but it's obviously joe's growth and development um what i found super well-timed and executed is at this one point where we are starting to question gracie's motives like is it real is it legit or is she just faking like all this stuff She's out hunting. We find out she's she does all this weird stuff. She's baking. She goes out and hunts her own food. The fox. And she has this moment where she sees a fox out there. And is she gonna kill it? Is she not? And it's like she she recognizes this this fox. Mm-hmm. And 
for me is just like she finds or she sees she shares this identity with this fox kind of like she this fox is a natural predator they're sly and gracie is a predator (laughs) no pun intended like just full-on like that's who she is um and that that just kind of put everything put a bow on top of everything for me uh, the movie ends though. Yes, and this is my this is the inception spinning top for me. Really? Yeah. I I, I maybe I'm reading way too much into I, it. So yeah. the ending ends with uh you know they've gone their separate ways. Uh now Elizabeth I think is reeling because maybe every single thing she thought about Gracie is now up in the air. Everything she thought she had nailed and understood and was ready for the role. Yeah. Has now all been potentially thrown out the window. So it takes place to her on set filming this film about Gracie and she's they're doing the basically the seduction scene where they're in the back of the pet shop and she's holding the snake and uh the kid that plays Joe's they're they're talking and they're thought they do like eight takes and she's not happy with any of them and she's in like a sultry little outfit kind of like short skirt yeah button blouse all that kind of stuff um with like really cheesy music in the back and like the very I mean it's just porn lighting that's what it is <laughs> Um, I read an interesting take that it's what my idea. There was an interesting take that maybe she's a smut actress. She's yeah, never been I'd... an actress, actress. And that's why, you know, people always make the comments about seeing her naked. And that's why I mean, she, she wouldn't have been in a makeup commercial. Maybe Cause, she that, would cause that's like a Jennifer Gardner, like whatever kind of makeup line type of thing. Like she is an actress. I think the, the the point that you make though of like doubt that that scene is the realization of everything that the family didn't want to happen mm-hmm. of like tell the true story and what you end up getting this product that you end up getting is this hyper sexualized yeah. like just it, it just over dramatized telling and just playing on you know the just the 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 raunchiness of the story yeah instead of getting into the psychological side of it which brings a question and i see a lot of negative reviews about this is this a which i i'll tell you my camp in a minute is this a little bit of a glamorization of grooming no is it too passive in its depiction of grooming I passive not, passive would be I am not in the no because accepting of grooming I don't think yeah. it does that because it shows the traumas of it yeah because and, and passive would be to not call Gracie out on it Correct. I think I think it's it's not outright saying it but I think again I think Todd Haynes is an amazing director Todd Haynes is but part of the so Todd Haynes I haven't seen all of his filmography yeah but Todd is no stranger to controversy yeah and making stand problematic stands on some things um and a lot of people are saying mm, i i guess i think I, at the end of the day yeah for this to to do that what you're what you're saying people mm-hmm. are saying um joe would stay in this relationship which and it, but it, you don't know if he does or not um well it's based on a real story which we can we can talk about but i don't know a ton about it yeah um I think I think we are led to believe the fact that he doesn't join his family for yeah. this graduation. He's standing there on the outside, like she doesn't know where he is. 
Yeah, he, he he's done with this relationship. That yeah. conversation that they had, yeah. they hadn't talked since. I think he's escaped. Um, you know, he's gonna go him. to Maine or wherever, Canada yeah. or wherever. And so, I think if this story was to wrap with Joe and Gracie living their life, just being grandparents, and you know, her baking goods and him taking care of butterflies, yeah. like, yeah, then probably to 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 assume that this person could you know do this to a child and then live happily ever after yeah like that's that's kind of messed up yeah so yeah so i am with you i do think it's not that it's passive but i i I don't know it's it's using it can be frustrating i think maybe that's just what it is it's using this this storyline to to talk about something else right it doesn't yeah i guess that's maybe that and it didn't i mean i gave it four stars it didn't affect my rating i just i guess i was waiting for like hey by the way grooming and pedophilia is wrong well because again i the the problem is it's amazing that there hasn't been like like a hulu series on this thing on something like this yeah yeah um so yeah uh so the real the real crux i talk about the performances before we get to joe charles mountain i was actually moderately underwhelmed with natalie portman and julianne moore oh man no it's not to say that they they weren't good good performances but like the trailers leading up to this the hype leading up to this i was expecting two oscar performances out the gate i don't feel like i got that from them I feel like they both did a really solid job and I enjoyed both performances. Both yeah. were strong outings, but especially in this year, I just like, we'll talk about the holdovers in a minute. Yeah. I think the lady who played Mary. Yeah. Uh, was better than both of them. Yeah. And what she was able to bring to the table. Yeah. Uh, than what either Julianne Moore. Uh, now, if you, if you want to do an on-screen, if there was a nomination for on-screen tension and character development, like with one another. They were great together. I loved their on-screen time together. I enjoyed each performance, um, into like holistically, but also conjoined when they're together. Yeah. But nothing about either of their performances was just like, oh my gosh, I'm blown away by this. Um, I just didn't feel like I ever had that breakaway moment with either of them. Yeah. I uh, I don't disagree. The performances were not what I was expecting. Right. Um, I think part of that was the melodramatic, like, um, you know, path that Haynes kind of took the story. Yeah. Um, Julianne Moore, I think, has a little bit more. I By mean, design. I Na- mean, she. Natalie Portman is going to Natalie Portman. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. Like this is this is just the type of actress that she's choosing to be. Yeah. To some extent. Yeah. Um, but Julianne Moore chose to do that lisp yeah you know mm-hmm. it's one of those things i didn't fully notice that was happening towards yeah. the end but i did because i saw somebody tweet about the lisp it's so I, I listened you're, to you're hyper aware of it yeah. i i was not and it was one of those things that every time she talked it was just like now i didn't uh, notice natalie portman developed it midway through the movie yeah that that i didn't notice till after i even went back and rewound it like, oh yeah she yeah, really the does moment, the, the moment after they do the makeup scene which that was the most erotic scene of the whole movie yeah, i, I mean just like it was yeah it was very uncomfortable um oh. 
Yeah. Uncomfortable is the word I was going for. I wish you'd watch Persona. <laughs> I didn't. You said you wish I would. I wish you would watch Persona. Maybe first of the year. Because that's what I wish this movie had been. Like wholeheartedly. Um, a take on that. And it gives that vibe. Like the, the character div- dynamics yeah. between the two. But it's never enough. Um, but Julianne Moore, I think, you know, chose to do the list. But I think overall she's got more creative freedom because she has that history with Haynes. Yep. Um, I thought she was. This is like her fourth like she, movie with Haynes. I think. She was the comedic relief for this. She was the comedic relief. She also had some really nice emotional scenes. Yeah. But granted, it's Julianne Moore. Oh, you're gonna get a Julianne Moore cry. Yeah. So like I, I, I'm a little numb to those. Yeah. Like it's just. This was saying nothing about this film from either of the lead actresses felt better than anything else they've done. Like this wasn't a Black Swan for Natalie Portman. Um. This wasn't even uh, South of Heaven or whatever from another Todd Haynes movie Julianne Moore did. Mm-hmm. This one, I just thought that this was, a, I thought these were, and when I say safe, they're both amazing actresses and they're both great really? performances. I thought these were safe performances from Julianne the, Moore. And Todd Haynes was the director that Julianne Moore did the safe. one. Where, yeah, safe. Yeah. Um, it was a little bit of a play on words when I was saying it felt a little oh, safe. Oh, Yeah. Uh, but, but I, I was me. I meant it too. I just, yeah. I just felt like they both, and it's not phoning it in. They didn't phone it in. Like it wasn't that. But I just felt like I've seen so much more for these from both of them in lesser films than a movie of this caliber. The only person who exceeded my expectations, and that's with the hype that had followed it, like you know, came before it was Charles Melton's Joe. Like people yeah. have been saying, oh my gosh, sneaky, sneaky Oscar push. I was like, no way, not Reggie from Riverdale, no way. And then I watched it, and I was like, <laughs> well, and I kept waiting for it, yeah, because I was like, I, oh. he's playing the role. And then you had that scene, yeah, that scene alone, the sizzle reel, right the there, better, the um, the nighttime yeah. confrontation uh, about grooming, yeah, uh, or even with Natalie Portman in the hotel room, um, the dinner, uh, the, the scene at the, the restaurant. I mean, like the rooftop scene with the sun, yeah, yeah, like. The, the last, sad. the last 30-ish, 40 minutes, Charles Melton. He has the most screen time of all of, of all of them. Yep. Um, it I would say like this is his story. Yeah. You know? He he crushed it. And his his performance was just amazing. Yeah. Um, if if supporting actor wasn't already basically Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr., I would he, or, he's gonna or get Robert nom- De Niro or he's gonna get nominated. Oh yeah, he, he has to be. I say that and he's not going to now. But well, who else are you gonna nominate? You get De Niro. You get Gosling. Gosling. You get Junior. Yeah. Uh you get Melton. Um I mean, would you get um do you think that uh who from Oppenheimer supporting role would be probably Matt Damon, Robert Downey Jr. Josh Harnett, Casey Affleck. Because I think you could have two. I don't think they would want. I don't J- think they to would me, do Jason that. Clark, that lawyer. Yeah, Jason Clark. That's that what I was thinking of. Yes, me, but I don't think he did enough. I mean, I'm phenomenal, but I don't think there was enough in the film for them to do it. <sighs> what other the- movies supporting actor coming out? Uh, you got Air, which you I think is still a sneaky. You know, Ben Affleck, Jason Bateman, Chris Messina. 
there's good stuff there. Uh, Anatomy of a Fall, The Holdovers. I mean, yeah, okay. The, I mean, there's well, a, there's a past point, lives. There's a being, ton. Point being, Charles Milton. I I really do hope he gets his flowers. Um, just, just just with a nomination. Tough year. But it's it's bold to like to cast somebody for this role that is otherwise a TV, yeah, yeah, a TV actor, um, which is the irony and the fact that Elizabeth is a TV actress. I know um, playing this role. Agreed. Um, yeah, overall, man, like this was a good movie. It's yeah. a solid four stars. I could be talked down, not up to three and a half. Um, I enjoyed it. I just wanted more from both Moore and Portman. Um, I just didn't, I just felt in some ways things were underexplained and left to unresolved, I guess. And that's probably how it happened. So, yeah. I mean, I, uh, there's not much I can complain about there. Um, I found myself to be a little drifty in this film a little bit at times. Just like it's a Netflix effect, man. Is it? I think so. I, I, I struggled paying attention. Yeah, but I I don't do that on every Netflix. Like The Fall of House Usher, for instance, I was glued, man. If I went to a movie theater, a movie like this, like I I wouldn't have I would not have tried to look at my phone. That's not because I feel like that that paranoia or like that whatever of I don't want to look at my phone during a movie. I try not to. Um, I definitely did during uh the Hunger Games, uh, yeah, Songbirds, whatever, because yeah. it was booty. But the fact that I was at home. It, it just I don't know it's just it's a different feel and yeah. I it hurt like stuff it, it hurts it um but yeah yeah I, I, I could see where it could be drifty yeah I'll, yeah because I got a little drifty in it and I, I don't feel like I have the Netflix effect I put my phone down when I'm watching the film instead of it over here unless I'm filming something for you uh and the guys other than that we appreciate I set, that I, I set my phone um i mean that i mean that's a good practice though for like is this a really good movie or not is if i if i feel the need that i need to look at my phone um then you know whatever did you feel the need to look at your phone no but again there are there this is not a thrill ride of a movie um i and so overall there are some some down moments where you you know need a break like you feel like you can look away because it, it, it's kind of long for what it is yeah i mean it's it's an hour 17 or not an hour 17 minutes it's, 117 it minutes, is yeah. 117 minutes uh it's just under two hours yeah so i don't know out of todd haynes like i'm gonna go look see it's not as good as uh actually i probably liked it a little bit better than safe i have safe at four stars too i they're they're very similar to me not well actually yeah they are kind of similar to me Hmm. Looking at his filmography, this how have I never seen Dark Waters with Ruffalo? Yeah, yeah. A lot of his films are they all are. I don't know. I need to watch all of his filmography and then come back, circle back to this because I have yeah. to think. I think I have an idea. I think I have a thesis, but maybe that can be first something we do first of the year because he doesn't have a ton of filmography. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Although overall, four stars for me. I enjoyed it. There's strong performances. You know. A good little heart. You can't just wrap your mind around it in one go through. I appreciated it. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I will probably do a rewatch of this pretty soon, uh, just because I I really enjoyed it. Yep, and uh, it holds a four at Letterbox right now. It's a four and a half for me. Uh, 
Yeah, so Letterbox has the average of four for uh, May December, and the next one we discussed, the holdovers, has a four point two, wow. a lot higher marks to the bar, uh, the scale. So the holdovers, our uh, other film, leading into our, to lead into Christmas stuff, uh, is a new movie directed by Alexander Payne, starring Paul Giamatti, uh, Dominique Sessa, and Devine Joy Randolph are your three leads. Uh, description. A curmudgeonly instructor at New England Prep School is forced to remain on campus during Christmas break to babysit the handful of students with nowhere to go. Eventually, he forms an unlikely bond with one of them, a damaged, brainy troublemaker, and with the school's head cook, who has just lost a son in Vietnam. Um, That is a pretty dang good job of explaining the synopsis. Yeah. Uh, Were you just looking at the Sideways logo? Yeah. Great movie. I haven't watched it yet. You've never seen Sideways? Mm. You gotta watch Sideways. Luna. Yeah, I know. I love it when Luna does a little uh, 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 uh. she's like talking to you. Uh so yeah, this is exactly what it sounds like. Paul G. Mamani is a brilliant professor. Uh but is a dick wad. Yeah. Uh, or at least comes across as a dickwad. He's the opposite of Robin Williams in Dead Poet Society. Yes, one hundred percent the exact opposite. And uh, it's Christmas break coming around. There are semester end. Um, or not semester end. It is Christmas break, right? Which is semester end. First semester, right? No. First semester is Christmas. Is that how I, too, I'm too far removed from yeah. college? Is that how it yeah. breaks up? Okay. First semester ended and Paul Giamatti's character had plans. Uh, wasn't going wasn't gonna to have to stay and hang out with the holdovers, which is a group of people who don't have anywhere else to go, whether they're overseas or whatever it may be, yeah. uh, that they have to stay at the dorms, um, the students. So some a professor and a cook and all of them have to stay behind. Uh, and some dude, one of the other professors got out of it, faked an illness for his mom or she has lupus or something, I don't know. And he decided he wasn't going to go and somehow it got the buck got passed to Paul Giamatti's character. Um, which is... Hunnam. Yep. I kept, couldn't remember his name because they call him Paul and I was like, hey, his name's not Paul because that's his name name. Yeah, call him. Yep, Paul. But Paul Giamatti, Paul. So I was going to say Paul. Call him Wally. 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 Yeah. Wandering Wally. Um, like Mad-Eye Moody. Yeah. Anyway, so he, he ends up staying. Um, there's about five of them at first. Uh, a couple of boys really don't get along. Uh, the main one is the one who wasn't deaf, thought for sure he wasn't going to have to stay. Uh, where is he? There he is. Dominique Sessa, who played Angus Tully. He is really smart, wasn't planning on staying with the other kids. Um, and he ends up being the one who has to stay the longest because after, a f- I think it was what, five, six days or a week or something like that, uh, one of the kids' dads comes via helicopter and takes all yes. the kids on a skiing trip Ski or a snow trip. trip I think it's like six days in. Yeah. And Angus couldn't get a hold of his family because they were in on a honeymoon or something, yeah. right? Um, so now it's just everybody gets to leave all of his kind of friends leave go on the ski trip and now he's stuck holding over by himself with the two with the cook and the teacher who he hates or thinks he hates all yeah. stuff um, so he tries to leave a few times um, the kid does and Paul Giamatti's character is on it uh, he tries to go to a hotel he stops that he tries to escape you know dislocates his shoulder uh, in the process um and over the time, they end up, you know, not bonding at first, but they just kind of realize we're stuck with each other. Let's try our best to make it work. So they go to, um, was it a birthday party? Christmas party? They go to a 
Christmas Eve party. And yes. If I'm skipping ahead too far, no, I don't no, think no, so. You're I'm kind of getting the major plot yeah. points. Uh, they go to a Christmas Eve party together, uh, the cook and uh, Giamatti and Angus. And while they're there, he, Angus, he yeah. kind of gets to, you see him open up a little bit uh, for the first time since the beginning of the film when he thinks he's going to get to leave. Um, he finds it's the niece, right? Uh, the niece of the the teacher who invited them to this party. Yes. Not, not uh, Walleyes. Right. He's crushing he's on the with, niece. Yeah. And they have this like, sexually charged banter between the two of them a little bit maybe not sexually charged that's not the right word but flirty yeah there's flirty yeah very flirty which flirting leads to sexually charged things yeah um SCI's or SCC sexually charged conversations um and you know he's he's having a good time Hunnam's actually having a decent time uh until until Actually, what did happen next? I'm jumping ahead to the next part of my head. No, I mean, you come to a point where at this party where you you hit the May or uh, Mary, her her son, like mm-hmm. she's a grieving mother. Died in Vietnam. Yeah. yeah, her her son went to school at this at Barton. Yep. And uh, so yeah, she's basically like the staple of the college and whatever. Um, she's just it's the first Christmas without him. Um. But the janitor is there too. You think that they've got a little love connection. Um, you think they're finally going to be happy. We think Wally's going to finally um, land the chick uh, with this teacher that he otherwise thought was annoying beforehand. Yep. Um, and then Agnes is, you know, hitting it off with the the niece. And then you come to find out that the teacher has a husband or a boyfriend or whoever. Mm-hmm. So while I reverts back to his curmudgeon self mary is a drunken mess yep and agnes is having to clean up the mess at all this time agnes like because him and is it agnes or angus angus i think okay yeah my bad whatever i I said first angus and hunnam are arguing and that's when i think it's here where angus tells him his father's dead right to kind of yeah like in an outburst kind of yeah because because while i calls calls him out of like you know i wouldn't have to deal with this if your dad just answered the phone it's like well my dad's he said my dad is dead and then that's when old girl just blitzed on him too yes. for being insensitive basically yeah um and you know it's awkward I and mean, this is where you start to so, see hunnam have a little bit of a so paul giamatti's character is so incredibly layered in this film yeah. and his acting he deserves now he deserves to be nominated for lead i believe i think his now well, he won't win it, so there's not a snowball's chance. But I think, I think he deserves yeah. a nomination. I just will get a screenplay nomination. Yeah. I mean, this is beautiful. It really beautifully is beautifully written. Uh, yeah. So, so Walleye basically confronts himself basically with how he's been treating Angus, and um, you know, goes out of his way. To it's Christmas them. Eve. Yeah. So he they want a trip. Yeah. Well, he gets. No, he they do Christmas morning and yeah. basically get some gifts and everything and they're not good. And he, you know, he's like, you know, well, I'll do anything that you want to do. And um we find out early in the movie that Angus in this trip that he was supposed to be going on with his mom and stepdad, that he wanted to go to Boston. He had been pushing that. We didn't know why. Mm-hmm. He's he told in this moment, he tells Wally that he wants to take a trip to Boston. He is dad's grave right and that well, way he told him he to visit his dad's grave once 
I don't think he gave a reason to to visit. Yeah, maybe not. I thought he did. But. No, he just says Boston. Yeah. Um. They and they drop Mary off because because her family lives in Boston. Yeah, her sister, pregnant sister, yes. or something. Yeah. Um, which was, dude, beautiful, yeah. beautiful moment. Yeah. Um. Mary, they drop Mary off at um her sister's family. Um. She's pregnant, and uh, she's up in this room, and she has this box with her. Um, that we see earlier on in the movie and we know it's her son. It has yep. something to do with her son. Yep. And she brings this box with them and me watching, I thought, oh, she's very, you know, it's just, it's kind of morbid. Like you're bringing your, your dead son stuff with you everywhere you go. Right. But we find out it's actually his baby clothes and some right. baby items and she's stashing it in uh, the drawer for her sister's right. uh, kid, which is so touching. Yeah. Um, so that's her you know, moving on. Um, and you get a good time to sit with that situation or that, oh, that yeah. scene, which was really good because she's phenomenal. Beautifully this. shot. Yeah. And then in the meantime, or yeah, after they drop her off and in the meantime, you see Hunnam and Angus really start to bond with each other. Yeah. They go to, they go ice skating, they go to a museum. They did something else. I uh, went to a movie. Movie. But the during, that's a little later. But during the, um, during the ice skating, he um, they bump into that guy yeah, yeah, uh, from Harvard. Um, so that's when you find out that Hunnam used to go to Harvard, and he was like king, got kind of big deal over there. Um, you find out real quickly that he got no, no, no. You don't find out quickly. So he starts lying about his kind of resume and what he's doing, and Angus backs him up for it, which solidifies their bond a little further. Um, then you know they go their separate ways after they talk a little bit and that's when Hunnam kind of breaks not breaks down but kind of lets his guard down and talks to Angus about how he got kicked out of Harvard for a big setup for plagiarizing because he got on the wrong boosters kid side or something yeah, like that which is a common trend yes, for it really is. Uh, like a legacy guy yeah uh, I can't remember what you, I think it's just legacy that's what you call it um, so he had to come back to Barton and do teaching instead uh, which when he could have had like the whole world as his oyster but he got scrubbed out um, then that's when they go to the theater, I think, and Angus tries to sneak out, uh, doesn't quite doesn't quite make it, and he tells uh, Hunnam that his dad is actually alive, but is insane, is at like an insane asylum. Um, Hunnam, I think, I mean, I, he seemed a little skeptical at first, but he buys into it because they've had their bonding, and then that's when they end up going there. Well, he doesn't tell him. No, he didn't tell him that his dad no, was insane. No, no, no. He, he he gets I in the cab. He did. No, he gets in the cab and he says, "Just tell me what you tell me what you're trying to do." Like he's like, "I want to go visit my dad," and he's like, "Well, of course we could have planned this." Yeah. Um, but he because to to Wallace's credit, he thinks we're just gonna go to a cemetery. Yeah. It cuts to them pulling into the asylum, and you yeah. find out quickly, like, oh, like your dad's nuts. Yes. Yeah. Um. And that's kind of what ruined his his family, why his mom's remarried, and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And, um, and you know, it, it really upset Angus seeing his dad again, and you see Hunnam kind of take over a fatherly role a little bit. Yeah. And has sympathy for the kid, and like kind of tells him like, "Hey, you know, you're you don't have to be this way. Um, you can be your own person." And then they leave, and they catch up with the janitor. What's his name? Donnie. Danny. Danny. Yeah. Yeah and Mary and they go to celebrate New Year's Eve watching the Times Square or whatever drop um, and they set off some firecrackers in the school kitchen like they're actually having fun Hunnam's cutting up they're all having a great time um, 
you know, there's a lot of conversation that happens here. There's just, you know, speed, speak note in these part note in these, yeah. uh, you know, after that whole scene, uh, school's back in session. Uh, and his mom, Angus's mom and stepfather show up, uh, and they basically are calling for Barton's job because he is not, Angus is not supposed to go see his father. If yeah. I remember right, it's against his mother's wishes. He's, he's and, snuck in a snow globe who his father used as a, a weapon. Yeah. Like yeah. A glass. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Hunnam steps in and blames, takes all the blame himself, uh, which ends up losing him his job. But Angus is allowed to stay. Uh, and through this all, what Hunnam and Angus and Mary went through, uh, Mary was able to kind of accept and grieve her son properly. And uh, she gave, you know, she gave Hunnam a huge credit for that and gives him like a notebook so he can write his biography or whatever he was going to do. And they have like a long touching goodbye, um, which is where you get to see freaking Paul Giamatti at the end, drink that super, super expensive cognac and just be like, yuck. Yeah. But, you know, it was, it was great. Um, that's, that's a high level overview of the film. Um, am I missing anything overly significant? Uh, nothing that, no, no, nothing that I don't think could be weighted to, you know, just be experienced in an actual movie. Because yeah. if you're listening to this podcast, you should watch this movie. Yeah, you really should. Um, so for me, when I'm talking about the performances of this, I mean, I thought Dominique Sessa was fine as Angus, but nothing. <laughs> Bro. You loved it? Dominic says was absolutely this is first his first movie. Yeah. Um I think a casting like this, Paul Giamatti's like character archetype is yeah. is like this is seventies nostalgia. Yeah. Like the whole vibe is that. And I think Giamatti like plays into that perfectly, but the casting of 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 Dominic is See, I like thought Dominic was good, but I didn't want like holy crap. I think it's a a, a perfect callback to this character type, like in this role, like played it perfectly with a modern twist, like playing the Will Hunting, <laughs> yeah, kind of kind of character. At, at, yes, absolutely. Because I uh, you know I think this movie gave me more like dead poet society vibes oh yeah definitely yeah and I, that and it felt like a modern he, recreation of he, the, he it was like a ferris bueller meets dead poet society like yeah. that that type of 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 person um but i was just i was really impressed by it i was i i constantly wanted him on screen because i thought what he what he brought to the table like he's going you know round for round with Giamatti, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, the, the characters themselves, like, are mirror examples of one another. Like, Dominic plays this, is this, um, or Angus is this person who is extremely intellectual, yep, but is kind of a troublemaker because of his family, because of all the stuff that's happened to his family. Um, while at the same time he has this, he has this, you know, unknown issue of battling depression yep. and this fear, he's going to turn it to his dad. He's going to have a mental break and go crazy, go crazy and, uh, be forever alone. And, you know, uh, walleye's like, it, 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 it's 
this damaged person who smells like fish that you know struggles with dealing with uh he has daddy issues as well yep you know and and it's just yeah, I don't know. It's just a. I mean, I thought Cecil was good. I didn't know it was his first movie, so that does add a little bit of weight yeah. and credence to it. I, I think um, we will see more of him. Oh, I agree. I I still <coughs> think that Divine Joy Randolph as Mary had the best performance of the whole whole movie, the most consistent uh, and powerful, emotionally gutting performance, and what she did with her character, I thought was good. She she did a lot with little. Yes, it's, it's, yeah, is is how I would put it. Um, I wouldn't say anything that she did was necessarily scene grabbing. I, I thought it was better than anything that Julie, uh, that Julianne Moore and Natalie I, did. I thought whenever she is with everybody or whatever, she doesn't really stand out to me. Right. The scenes that she has alone when she's dealing Amazing. with that grief. Uh, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, agree. Um, that her, her scene, like I said, with, um, with her son's baby clothes, like I, I, I fought one back. Like, it was touching. Yep. It was very emotional. Yeah, um, I thought she was fantastic. Uh, oh, where did it go? The whole of her. And then lastly, I mean, I thought Paul Giamatti was incredible. I thought this is one of my more favorite roles of his. Uh, I thought he did a really good job. Um, I am side sideways. It's still one of my favorite Paul Giamatti movies. Uh, if you haven't seen it, watch it. He does a phenomenal job. Uh, but this one's right up there with it. I thought he was. I thought he was great. I thought his performance was flawless. There's nothing I would have asked him to improve. Um, I think the director could have utilized him a little better. In oh, some, really? In some ways, I, th- I think that he didn't have. He had some really great touching, developing moments, but as a whole, I didn't think he had some of the same moments to shine, like to sit with shine that like Mary had or Angus had. I felt like he had a lot of shared experiences, which is part of the point of his growth. Yeah, uh, I, 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 yeah. so I, I understand yeah. it, but I think, I think he could have had a much more. I think he could have had one or two Mary scenes. I, but it's not a deal breaker I, for me. Yeah, it I like it wasn't. I didn't feel like I missed it not having it. I just think the his character could have had a I, really significant standout. I think the for, for me personally, what I what I took from the movie is, um, Wallace's char- Wallace character arc, his whole kind of mantra or whatever point of view for how he approaches his job in the very beginning is like I'm going to be this grueling dictator like figure to, because these 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 students need to be influenced in a way that would keep them straight, like whatever right. he, he sees the worst in everybody and kind of his progression through the movie is, is one of whenever you open yourself up and, and, you know, experience life with people and let them into your own life. That's where you have the positive impact. That's right. what he that's what he says that he he seeks he seeks out to do. Changed him. Too. It changed, like yes. in the course of the film, it's a slow metamorphosis, like the butterfly. Yeah, yeah, it's a good. That's why it's also a good pairing between May, December, and this, because that that uh, cocoon. <laughs> the best. Yeah, yeah, it's a reach, but it's okay. Yeah, you know, it's there. It's there. Um, I and so again, I I, I think, I think, um, while whatever his, his whole Hunnam his his arch, yes, Hunnam's art is meant to be displayed in how other people were were affected by him. 
Um, yeah. I wouldn't say Mary's is fully because of him, bec- but it their their story and grief kind of run yep. parallel. So. They do. Yeah, over overall, the holdovers was a really nice surprise. I love the set pieces. I love the designs. I love the costumes, uh, and I love the performances. Love, love the intro, like the retro. Oh yeah, it was great. The, uh, the title screen, title yeah, card, focus. and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, it was great. Yeah, I I really enjoyed the holdovers. I think everybody should watch it. Uh, I think it is a. I mean, it's not a great Christmas film. I wouldn't say oh, that. Okay, so we're gonna back up. We're gonna talk about this. This is for me. Every year, I'll watch this movie. I'll watch this movie every year. Okay. It will be my first Christmas movie. Okay. It, I was I was struggling with because this it takes place on around Christmas. There's a Christmas scene, but it like you said, it is not a Christmas movie. No. Um, originally, Sorcerer's Stone was always my Christmas spirit. Like now, now it's this one. It's this one. I mean, I can see that, and I'm not mad about it. I could watch it at Christmas, especially if Abby got on board with liking it too. Yeah, it's. It, uh, I'm not firing this up in the middle of July. I'm not no, like because I, just I can't do that. Want Christmas more. Yeah, I'm um, gonna be sad because I still got all of August, and September. Yeah, so this is wholeheartedly like a Christmas movie for me. I'm done with that. I can see that, and I would watch it every Christmas too. I think Abby would even like it. So, uh, yeah, I gave this film four and a half stars. I gave it. I gave it four. I think. Four. Yeah, I gave it four. I love the movie, but. Listen, <laughs> this is extremely, extremely good at what it sought out to do. I don't think it was anything groundbreaking. No, I mean, the story wasn't like so in that in that vein, like this is a top tier four star movie for me of my four stars. This is at the top. Where's this one sit for you year to date on the year? Mine's number 13. Um in between air and infinity uh this is at 12 see we're Um, always real close yeah but uh, that's what i'm saying my i'm normally a half star lower than you on most movies um but it is above infinity pool which i am i'm ready to do an infinity pool rewatch before the end of the year because i'm I'm wholeheartedly i this is there's no way it's a four and a half star for me um looking back now um but master gardener also it's four and a half that. for me, and I guarantee you it is because so, you have the branch nipple. The branch nipple? Where she's like, they're having the, like... Oh, God, yes. Yeah, oh, God. Yeah. I I repressed that. Wow. Not me. <laughs> All right. So that's uh, those are the two in review. Uh, you should definitely watch them both. I think they're both warranting a watch. Um, so let's jump into our map Mapping Christmas. Da, da, da. let's fly through this uh so the the key here was to kind of choose five mandatory watches for the next two weeks so five one week five another week yep and then i jotted down some optional ones that i think would be good and these are kind of outside of just norm 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 classics because like i watch home alone and nightmare or nightmare um we're going deep cuts. Yeah, we're doing more deep cuts. Uh, but yeah, because we do Home Alone and Christmas Vacation and stuff like that at my in-laws, Christmas Eve, stuff like that. So yeah, for next week, we'll be discussing Jingle All the Way, which is Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad and Tom Arnold. Um, okay. You ever seen it? I don't think I have. Oh, I can't wait. I, do, I, I don't do Christmas movies. And, and uh, Belushi's in it too. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I thought, it's great. I think you'll enjoy this. Uh, the Family Man. Nicholas Cage, 
Jeremy yeah. Piven. Yeah, very and, excited. Yeah, very excited. Uh, Violent Night with David Harbour came out last year. Yep. Did you see it? Did not. Okay, so this one I think you're really going to enjoy. Yeah. It is a bona fide, nostalgic feeling Christmas classic somehow. Somehow. Despite it all. Uh, so I think you'll enjoy that. The Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Yep. You've seen it, right? I hope. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's the MS. Yep. That's a classic. And but... Bad Santa 2. Not okay. one. Two. Bobby Lee. Have you seen it? No. Have you seen one? No. You should watch it. You know, I forgot to tell you hmm. that this movie reminded me of. I started Fargo. The new season? I started Fargo. The original, like the. Oh, the, the first season. First Billy season. Bob. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's really good. Did you like it? I said Bobby Lee. I meant Billy yeah, Bob. I what you meant. Thank you. Did you like, did you like the. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, good. I'm glad. Um, for week two, we'll be breaking down Krampus. <laughs> I saw I saw some some pictures from Krampus today. It's, I'm not looking forward to that. It's not scary at all. It's hilarious. I understand it'll be there will be funny moments. It's Adam when, Scott. That doesn't they, mean anything. It does. It does. You just wait. You're You'll just have a saying great time. things. You'll have a great time with it. Uh, Home Alone Two, Spirited. Christmas with the Cranks and It's a Wonderful Life. I will probably be throwing four Christmases in there. And then that brings us to our optional watches. Okay. Four Christmases. Yeah. Yeah. Elf. Gremlins. That will be one I watch. Okay. Nightmare Before Christmas. Bad Santa 1. Christmas Vacation. The Night Before, which is a raunchy Seth Rogen film. Uh, Christmas Party. Uh, Office Christmas Party. Eight Crazy Nights, which is Adam Sandler. Have you ever seen that one? Eight Crazy Nights? Yeah, Adam Sandler's animated, animated Christmas movie. I have not. Oh, that's a technical foul. You should watch it. Okay. That's the sound from it. Yeah, that's we'll a song see. from that film. Uh, it's a Wonderful Knife. Justin Long. This Christmas is already movie. so many movies. Oh, these so are optional. I, I understand they're optional. Die Hard. Okay. Klaus. Fred Claus. And How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Jim Carrey's. Okay. Those would be the optional suggestions. Uh, but the t- other five are not optional. Those are mandatories. I'm going to need you to put those in the, the notes for me so that I can keep track of that because I will forget. Uh, yeah, I will. Uh, out of all of those, I am most excited to watch uh, Jingle All the Way, Violent Night, The Family Man, Spirited, and It's a Wonderful Life. And actually, I haven't watched Krampus in a couple years, so... I'll be glad to see. I actually saw that one in theaters uh, and I'll be excited to see it another time because I think I've only seen it like once since then. So, and then we'll hopefully go see Godzilla minus one. Uh, well, I'm for sure going to go see it. I just got to figure out what night. Um, and the boy and the heron comes out this week. Oh, Cinemark. Yes. Mark. Yeah. Um, Four things comes out Friday. <gasps> what? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I gotta convince Abby to let me go do a double feature, man. If I could see that and Godzilla minus one, oh my gosh, what a palette! Yeah, I will not be going to see that Friday night because I will be at a Christmas party. I can't go see it Friday night. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no, no. I got stuff going on Friday night too. Um, hmm. Well, this is exciting. It's it's Christmas. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. 
Huh. All right. Yeah. Now I got to figure out what I, what my plans are for now for this week. Anyway, yes, it's been another episode of Mostly Film, your one-stop chaotic shop for all things in the world of cinema. Uh, if you like what you've been listening to, leave us five stars. Tell us how much you love us. Uh, we have listeners from 17 different countries. I'm to listen to uh, Thank yeah. you all for that. Thanks for those raps. the rap came in. You know, we have uh, a little over 4,000 streams, uh, 17 countries. You know what? Next year, it's going to be quadruple that. I mean, that's pretty good for the fact that we don't market it. Yeah. I'm really, yeah. That's me. That's on me. It's on us both. Maybe New Year will do better. But yeah, 4,000 streams. I'm, 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 I'm happy with that considering all and 17 different countries. And thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for support. Konnichiwa. Uh, hola. Hi. Uh, gracias. Uh, gracias. Hi. Yeah. Uh, that's hello. And this is goodbye. We'll see you all next week. <laughs> see ya.